Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and ghouls, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always fright. Welcome to the greatest Welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show where we welcome back the Ghoul Geek Keith as well as Demonic Dean. But of course, the Ghoul Geek Keith, he comes with a pick. So later on tonight in the show, we're going to be talking about Easter Day. Here comes Peter Cottonhell from 2014 and directed by softcore king John Backus. But before we get to all that, of course, we have to welcome you back. The bold, the beautiful, fresh from PA, Globe Geek Keith. I mean, are you ready to jizz in the face of Lady Liberty? I know I am. What is up, everybody? He's welcome to Talking Terror. <laughs> you can tell he just came from PA, ladies and gentlemen, because he's talking about America. Smells like America. America. These Fuck colors yeah. don't bleed, y'all. Woo! <laughs> Here from PA. <laughs> he's fresh and he's ready to talk about Peter Cottonhell later on in the show. Easter Day, I should say. Uh, I don't know. It's Peter Day. Here comes Peter Cottontail. It's got a semicolon, so it, it's, it's that whole title. We'll get to it. Uh, but we're also joined like by a the psychotic simian, the mad monkey himself. Get it funky with it, monkey. Yes, King, this is the Mad Monkey, keeping it funky, keeping it fresh, because that is what we do here on Talking Terror. That is right, Talking Terror, the most entertaining and entertaining, <laughs> the most informative horror podcast there is in all of the motherfucking land. So make sure you listen live on Blog Talk, but if you can't, don't worry, baby, because we got you. You can listen on Spotify, you can listen on iTunes, you can listen wherever you get your podcast needs, baby. Just remember to sit there and go and suck our sexy selves on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram, baby. What's up, my family? Hello. Hi, monkey. I'll take over. <laughs> for yeah, I'll take his line. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, we're joined by the very educated, very astute, very opinionated demonic dean. Good evening. My return to the program after my one-week hiatus. Uh, I have come back to talk about. Uh, beast, whatever the bestiality, um, beast, uh, beast, it's it's not beast master, that's for sure. (laughs) Well, I would have been a lot happier if it was beast master, but we will save that for another portion of the program. Uh, it's not time yet to discuss, uh, beast or day, so, uh, the time is coming soon, uh, not soon enough. Uh, or maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll prolong it as long as we can. But we'll see what happens here tonight on Talking Town. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Fresh off his spring break tour, where he went to go see where you two uh, recorded their uh, album. Think about the thing in the desert. Well, no, no, no. Uh, where the they, tree? where they took their uh, photo shoot for the cover of the album, which oh. actually, yes, uh, you know, is actually. Uh, more closer uh, to Death Valley than in ja- Joshua Tree Na- National Park. So uh, did not see the tree. Uh, the tree is still there, but it's no longer standing. It's like 
laying on the ground with like another tree kind of growing out of it apparently. Uh, but we were not uh, in in that location. But we were in uh, Joshua Tree National Park and the surrounding areas, the town of Joshua Tree, uh, Yucca Valley, and Twenty Nine Palms. Uh, it was like a fun uh, getaway uh, road trip adventure, like eight nine hour drive from here. Um, much fun. Uh, scored by behind the scenes making of Jaws book, as I told you guys, nice. very exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that book yeah. was, on, uh, was being sold for fifteen, and I just happened to be wearing my Amity Island shirt, so I got it for ten. And um, <laughs> you know, it read it read super fast, and uh, you know, uh, glad to have it to add to my my, my collection. I am. I just so you know, I am very. I am very much looking forward to seeing your pictures from the trip, man. Just because, just in general, that kind of area of desert and so like I've never seen. So I'm very, you know, just very excited about the pictures for you to put up. I will. I will put some pictures into our group at some point this evening. Oh, very nice. Very good. All right. So, does anybody have anything you want to talk about before we hand it over to the dean for hard news? Yes. Yes. WrestleMania 38, baby! That's right! <laughs> An event so big it could, <laughs> it could not be contained by one night. Uh, it must need two nights, that's right. Because the event was just so massive. And yes, yeah. So, <laughs> and I just wanted to sit there and just sit there talk about some quick highlights, all that kind of stuff. And just if we had a match of the night, just because I don't know uh, about you, Ghoul, but I know the King and I, on night one, we were definitely bloody bored on this thing. We were so bored on night one. <laughs> um, the, the the only great thing about night one was the finale. <laughs> um, but And then, in my opinion, night two was just fucking straight up fucking awesome. Uh, almost from beginning to end, just not non-stop in your face, you know, what I consider pay-per-view action. And I really, really enjoyed Night, night 2. Yeah, no, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I mean, I don't disagree. You know, like, uh, that, that weekend was a, was a split weekend for me, so I watched Night 1 here at home, uh, you know, with you guys. Oh, yeah. And then I watched Night Night two in PA, I was I was with my father at the time. Uh, that's where I was staying while I was over there, and, uh, and yeah, so so we watched it. So I really wasn't communicating with you guys all that much during night two. Um, yeah. Look, uh, the, the reality is this. Okay, night one, everything was about Stone Cold Steve Austin getting back out there and actually having mm-hmm. a match, having his final match. You know, we hope in the WWE. Uh, <laughs> 19 years since the last time he actually wrestled in the WWE in an actual official match. Um, you know, KO had been calling him out for a while. It, it didn't disappoint. You know what? He could still stomp a mud hole. He could still... What it shows is that the talent that the WWE currently has is nowhere near the talent they had way back when, when I got back into the WWE, because within minutes, I like that. that man captured the entire audience. You know, he did something mm-hmm. that fucking Brock Lesnar can't do. He did something that Roman Reigns can't do. Yeah. He did Mike something that skills. no other fucking talent they have in there. It's not just Mike skills, though. It's charisma. It's an energy. Mm-hmm. It is him. You know, that man fucking single-handedly brought the, the fucking WWE up to where it's at. 
You know, so, so, and I know John Cena was all popular and all that bullshit, but you know what? He was also riding on those same fucking coattails, wearing similar-looking fucking shorts yep. uh, to Stone Cold. You know, he's just <laughs> the fucking muscle-bound version of the character. Um, yeah. You know, Stone Cold Steve Austin is still fucking awesome. And you know what? KO did what KO does for the WWE. He made Stone Cold look fucking phenomenal at, I think, he what, sells, 57 yeah. fucking years yeah. Um you know, mm-hmm. he sold the shit out of it. He made Stone Cold look fucking great. You know, he's kicking him. He's fucking flopping around. And this isn't some some athletic-looking motherfucker. No, the best thing about KO is he looks no different than, like, me. He looks no different than... Uh, <laughs> nobody looks like the monkey, because the monkey's weird-looking and skinny. He's kind of like a crack <laughs> like Jason Voorhees. Um, I, I look like Caillou. Know, like, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here you go. Fucking the monkey looks like Caillou, you know? Ooh, daddy! Um... <laughs> so, like, KO is, is a heavy set, pudgy looking dude who doesn't look like he should be able to do the things that he does, which is why it's all the more phenomenal when he does it, because it just makes anybody that he's in the ring with look great. Uh, Did he do the figure four leg locks? He can do the figure four leg lock. Yes, he can absolutely do the figure yes, four can. leg lock if he's he needed it. to, but he won't because he's not fucking a Ric Flair person. Nope, he's K fucking O. So, woo! You know, for night one, I'll be perfectly honest, though. Besides that match, the rest of the night was fairly fucking boring. I actually really enjoyed the NXT, I think it was called Stand and Deliver event that started at noon, which was its own own pay-per-view. And it was fucking awesome. Yeah, knowing no storylines, no characters, just (laughs) watching that talent that they have there perform at a very high level and they are great you know and uh there was really no matches in that that i was like wow i'm really bored right now which i did feel during night one of wrestlemania i was like okay the uh the, the miz and logan paul match was was a little more entertaining than i would have expected um mm-hmm. logan i was happy that now. miz did what he did at the end only because I can't stand the fucking Paul brothers. I, I really wish nope. at this point somebody would fucking assassinate those people. Please don't. Don't on my say-so, okay? Because if it happens and I get in trouble for it, I'm going to be really upset. I don't want to go to jail. So don't, anybody listening, if you decide you want to go kill the Paul brothers, don't say that I had anything to fucking do with it. You know what? This is recorded. I'm fucked. I'm fucked. Oh, well. It's over. Plus, the sh- plus the, that uh, match ended with Miz being Miz and doing what Miz does best, you know. And jeez, uh, uh, dude, uh, hey, <laughs> thanks, Dean. What so um, <laughs> But yeah, you know, I I did enjoy Miz being Miz. Now, as you were saying, Ghoul. Uh, and again, night two was a lot of fun. Um, you know, we had solid matches throughout, and you know the. Uh, I I can't pick any particular thing. Um, Why? I, don't, I guess I, I I guess McMahon, you know, getting beat up by fucking Stone Cold is pretty cool. Vince McMahon, fucking scr- sk- all scrappy, saggy skinned looking fucking Vinnie Mac <laughs> and walking out still like he's got the two biggest pair of fucking balls on this planet waddling away. <laughs> But Ball. he, uh, yeah, he horribly took a Stone Cold stunner. I mean, honestly, I thought the man hurt himself. It, like, I was, <laughs> yeah. I was actually legitimately scared with the way he landed 
when that fucking thing hit because it looked like it, it looked like you were doing it to like like, like like somebody in jackass that's what it looked like it looked like Knoxville had mm. dressed up as Vince McMahon with like a fake mask <laughs> and all that shit and took that fucking stutter man because it was like what the fuck man Vince is so old and it made me feel so old because I was watching all this promo <laughs> shit earlier and I was watching the Andre the Giant documentary and I'm seeing it? Vince McMahon in the 80s and then I see him now and I'm like Oh fuck, man! It's been thirty plus fucking years of this shit, hasn't it? Uh, but, <laughs> yeah. But, but overall, this WrestleMania was better than last WrestleMania, so at least I can oh, come yeah. away feeling yeah. good about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, King, so what was your moment, man? And how how did how did you know? We, you definitely agree with us, right? Night two was just so much oh. better. <laughs> Yeah, night two was so much better. Night one, yeah, I mean, it was just, it was all about that build up to Stone Cold, like the Gould said, and then it, it paid off. Like, I was hoping that the Becky Lynch match would be a lot better than it was, but it was just, it was, wasn't that great. Um, but yeah, seeing Stone Cold after 19 years, you know, getting dropped onto his back, you know, throwing up the stunners and just drinking down the beers, it was just like you're a kid again, you know, watching, you know, the Attitude Era, you know, with him just going beer after beer, you know, with that. And then night two, you know, Pat McAfee just blew me away because I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan, so... To see him in the ring and, and just fighting, you know, with uh, Austin Theory, uh, fantastic. And, of course, Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn, that was my match of the night for night two. Uh, you just can't beat that. It was so <laughs> much fun. It was silly. It was over the top. You had Wee Man doing a fireman press to Sami Zayn at one point. I was like, how the hell is Wee Man pulling that off? But he managed to do it. You know, he used to kick himself in the lane. face. <laughs> he can. <laughs> the fucking line of the night. He's too fat to do it now, <laughs> yeah. though, man. We man's got a big old gut going on. Oh, he does. But but then, yeah, in the Stone Cold match, when uh, uh, Kevin Owens tried to hit him with a chair and it bounced on the ropes and hit him in the face, I was like, that's great. <laughs> that was such a highlight <laughs> of that match, when it just bounced back in his face. And, yeah, so to me, it was much better than last year's WrestleMania, I agree. And then also seeing Undertaker get inducted into the Hall of Fame and having probably one of the best speeches I've ever heard over his career, yeah. um, you know, for the Hall of Fame. Uh, definitely brought a tear to my eye. But, unfortunately, he didn't bring up Mick Foley, and I was kind of disappointed that he never brought up Mick Foley, you know, during that entire speech because they had a lot of great moments, including Hell in a Cell. I mean, to me, that's one of the greatest moments of professional wrestling history. Well, yeah. Mick Foley died <laughs> over the cell. And I was like, eh, he didn't really bring it up. But he had a whole bunch of other stuff to talk about, so it just kind of went by the wayside. But, you know, that just, you Yeah, know, well, I mean, uh, Mick Undertaker, also wasn't there. Yeah. Which was, was interesting, nope. you know what I mean? So I'm guessing whatever whatever issues Mick is having with them right now would have prevented that. And I'm sure Vince doesn't want Taker, you know, you know how Vince is? Even when he's not controlling mm-hmm. everything, he's controlling everything. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And and it's, it's, it's to end it with this, it's kind of funny because I, I watched the Hall of Fame and, and to see Vader posthumously get put into the Hall of Fame, it should have been a long time ago. But I was talking Ooh. to Marie and I... Vader. It's Vader time. Come on. I mean, you're a wrestling fan. Come on. Yeah. Vader. No, you're big a wrestling fan. Vader. He's closeted, but big Van Vader. But yeah, Dean, so, Dean, don't act like you don't know who Vader is. Yeah, so. Dean watched Boy so, Meets World. And if you remember, he, he was, uh, the he was what's his name? The fat kid's father. I didn't father. watch that show. I didn't watch He's that show. He's in a couple of So, yeah. So, that All right, fine. Yeah. So, then anyway, I, I told Marie about The Undertaker getting inducted. She goes, oh, I know who that is. And she hates wrestling. So it shows you how much it transcends the Undertaker. Like, even if you're not a wrestling fan, Look, you know it the transcend to me. You know the guy. No, well, you're too busy out in the desert tripping on uh, mushrooms and sitting in a van. So, you, you know, you're <laughs> just a You know, and, uh, you know, you're not wrong. the whole thing. It, 
No, I'm not. And I'm glad that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying I'm not, you know, hey, listen, but you watch it on the replay, and you're like, I'm not going to talk about it. Meanwhile, he has a secret room in his house dedicated to nothing but wrestling. Got all the Ric Flair, Rick Rude posters. I'm news to me. I can never tell my secret chain. It only, features, fun it. it only features Bob Backlund, George the Animal Steel, uh, Big John Stud, and um, oh, uh, who's, who's the other one? Uh, somebody called. Uh, no, no. Um, no. It'll come to me. Bad it'll news, Brown. Don't be our dog. Don't be our dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was Classic. close. So, yeah. Kabuki. <laughs> you were awfully close. But so, no. So, yeah, that'd be, yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun. I'm hoping next year that it just goes back to one night. You know, I think I'm kind of over the two night thing. Just because, like, okay, yeah, do bring it back down. COVID's over. You know, I think we can move back to a one night event, but we'll see what they do. You know, next year, in terms of WrestleMania, I think it's okay to bring it back to. But you know, of course, Roman Reigns. I agree. He wins, and I. What do you do with him now? I mean, there's nothing that you could do with that character now. Like I feel like they wrote themselves into a corner. You know, because there's nobody he mm. could beat. You know, he's done well, it all. So it's just like, well, yeah, we'll have him walk. Did you guys? Well, we know what we know what he can Rock do with yet. it. Yeah. He's Jay Strongbow. That's a long build-up. Uh, yeah, Ghoul. Yeah. Uh, Ghoul, have you watched this week's episode of Young Rock yet? Uh, no, no, but I heard some mention of uh, something about the rock bottom or something, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I, I will certainly be getting to it. I, I have a number of things <laughs> lined up that I'm behind on, so okay. I am... Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and and like and in closing, like I'm just gonna sit there and say, like my night, like yeah, my my uh, match was definitely the Pat McAfee match. I loved oh, it. Hell yeah, uh, it was awesome. And but I loved it, not not so much because of what Pat Mac- McAfee did in the ring. It's not like it was a amazing match technically in the ring. What I mm-hmm. really loved is the energy that he got from the crowd and how much the crowd was behind him. And, you know, this was just, to me, like, you know, uh, other than the Stone Cold stuff that was going on, but, uh, like, an actual match kind of sort of. This was, like, just a very, very energy-fueled thing going into the audience, and he's throwing it out there, and the audience is throwing it back. And that's what WWE wrestling is supposed to be. And it's been a long time since I've been able to see anybody Except for, again, except for Stone Cold. <laughs> but, like, to be able to move the crowd like that throughout a match and them being 100% behind a character and being all over it and being interactive with it, and it was just really, really great to watch. And it just, you know, made me feel like, you know, again, we're back in the Attitude Era, and this is the reactions we're supposed to be having with the people in the ring. And I, I just really, really enjoyed that energy. I mean, and talk about a bucket list item. You're in the ring with Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's giving you beers. You're downing them. You're drinking them with him. And then he fucking stuns you. Like, that's a bucket list item. I would love to get a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin after drinking beers with him. And then the lay on the side of the ring, you continue to pour beers in your mouth. I was like, Pat McAfee, you're selling shit out of it. And I love it. <laughs> you know, yeah, who wouldn't want to get a stunner from yeah. Stone Cold Steve Austin? Like, that would be a high honor. Well, you know, it, well, hell yeah. It's like when the two of you got choked by Kane Hodder, you know? <laughs> yeah, and he has a fucking Same round. thing. <laughs> who, who does it? 
And to be fair, the ghoul got choked out by not only Kane Hodder, but Michael Berryman as well from Hills of Ida. So, like, they double choked him. So, I thought mm-hmm. that. Oh, I, like, I only dude. had one. I just had Kane <laughs> choke me. He had two. And I was like, God, he handled it. I was like, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh no! He went totally Dave, Michael Berryman. He went totally David Carradine on that shit. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable because Michael Berryman walks over. He's like, "Hey, can I have some of that?" And Kane's like, "Sure, come on in." Cool's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> yeah, it was like, it was like, cool, thanks, <laughs> neat. <laughs> yeah. oh, it, was, it was definitely an experience. That's for sure. Uh, what a, what, yeah. a, what a fun yeah experience. What a fun moment. Yeah, that was seeing him get okay. choked out by Michael Perryman came out at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. yeah. Yeah. Just okay, out, but, out. <laughs> but that but that's enough of WWE news. Uh Dean, thank you for uh letting me have the time on the floor. Uh so what have you got for horror news this week, brother? Oh, are we a horror show again? Great. Um yep. let's see. So apparently the monsters, the Rob Zombie version of the monsters that everyone is so very excited about. Uh, no! Key <laughs> Wallace, well, hmm, has joined the cast uh, as the voice okay. of Good Morning Transylvania, Transylvania's second favorite morning show, soon slipping to third uh, if they don't update the format. So, Key Wallace joining the cast of the Rob Zombie Monsters. Well, she's America's mom, so I'm happy with whatever she does. I love you, Wallace. <laughs> Anything that she does, I'm, I'm looking forward to it in a way. Like we talked about, it's going to be rated PG, it, you know, so I'd like to see what he does with that rating. There you go. He won't know what to do with I've it. Seen so, I've seen some images of it. Um, you know, I guess some something slipped, you know, with them in costume and stuff like that, and... You know, again, if he's uh, if he's going into this making, you know, something that's going to just be a full homage to the original monsters, then cool. I mean, it may not be the it's not. Listen, nothing we've seen from Rob Zombie yet has been groundbreaking. You know, so I'm not expecting groundbreaking. So I, I'm at the very least hoping that it can be honorable to the source material. Yeah, and I think we'll we'll see that. You know, I just want to see it be funny. I want to be silly. Make it like an episode of the Monsters, and I'm happy. Like, I don't, I don't mind. You know, I just, I'm excited to see what he can do with PG. Like, you can't curse, Rob. You can't show tits. You can't have violence. <laughs> well, that's what yeah, I'm good but at. That's, well, but, yeah, but that's the problem is I don't know if his wife is going to be able to pull off the funny. You know, and yeah. it's, uh, again, it's we're, we're sitting there having to move her into another direction of acting that she hasn't really done before. And is she going to be able to pull this off? So, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, she's not Yvonne DeCarlo. <laughs> you know, no, nothing no. can stop Yvonne DeCarlo as that role. So it, it's fine. I mean, I'm willing to give it a pass. I mean, I, I, I like to see uh, the images, like people have said. I saw the images of the cast, and I was like, okay, it's not bad. You know, it's like Spirit Halloween <laughs> monsters, but it'll still be fun. Got to give it a chance. Can't hate it before you see it. Yeah. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right, so what's next, Dean? What do you got? I will tell you what I got, and what I got is that <clears throat> we know we're getting closer and closer to the time when we're finally going to get the opportunity to dig in to at least the first part of the fourth season of Stranger Things on Netflix, yeah. it seems like it has been years 
uh, since there has been New Stranger Things uh, Season 3. But what I'm here to tell you about in regards to Stranger Things Season 4 is that uh, they are promising us a world uh, that is much more expansive uh, than the confines of Hawkins, and that all of the episodes of this fourth season are going to be longer uh, than you are accustomed to. Uh, the Duffer Brothers were sure uh, to give us a reminder that if you go back to the first season, some of the episodes mm-hmm. in the first season clocked in in only around 35 to 40 minutes. Uh, they're telling sure. us that for this fourth season, uh, none of the episodes are going to be less than an hour. Uh, so you can be looking mm. forward to longer episodes. Um, not mentioned here, but something that we talked about during uh, the pandemic times when we were continuing with our show is that news coming out about Stranger Things Season 4 was how, uh, for the first time, they had all of this time to really be working on the scripts and having them complete and concrete and on lockdown versus uh, kind of working on it on the fly during filming. So. Mm. Uh, Maybe that is something that has gone into these longer episodes, but uh, Stranger Things 4 will feature longer episodes than we are accustomed to for the fourth season. Um, Did you guys watch the trailer? I did. I I have not had a chance to, but uh, yeah, it's just I was busy having computer issues. Um, But I've heard the trailer is really fucking sweet, guys. (laughs) I, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I honestly, I, I can't spoil it. Uh, go ahead, go. I'm sorry. No, I have not. I have not yet. I, uh, I meant to. I just, just haven't gotten to it. That's, I know, it's bad fine. Me. I mean, it, no, it's fine. I mean, I know, I know that the, the dean and I did. Uh, you know, and we're not going to spoil it here, obviously. But uh, it just, it made me realize how much fucking older they are. You know, seeing it, and I was like, wow. I was like, they really did age. You know, they definitely do look, you know, like they're in their 20s now. So I was like, I'm, but I'm interested. It, it hooked me in a little bit. But it also made me forget, you know, some of these characters that were in season three. I was like, oh, well, okay, all right, yep, mm-hmm, yep, that character existed, okay. <laughs> I had completely fucking forgotten. I was like, oh, okay. Took me a minute, and I was like, yep, there it is. All right, so shows you how much time has passed since that third season where I actually had to go back in my memory and be like, all right, yep, there it is, so. But make sure you guys check it out. We'll talk about it next week, you know, once the, the monkey and the ghoul have a chance to watch it. But let's see what you think. All right. So longer episodes, yeah, I'm all for if the content is good. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I like the 30-minute episodes, but if they got content that's going to be good, then make it an hour. I'm fine with that. I just, I, I worry about it sometimes because with these hour-long episodes, you're like, ah, am I going to be entertained? Am I going to like it? No, hopefully, you know. I, mean, I, I yeah, actually like, like season three. I know what <laughs> I like this. Yeah, but like the dean said, man, they've had tons of time to build up material, build their stories, so and expand their universe. So hopefully, they're gonna have a, a new world for you guys to explore. Yeah, and and hopefully it'll it'll be fun. And you know, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, July first, uh, the first half comes out, I believe. So we have that. Uh, stay tuned to a um, couple episodes coming up. All right. So moving on from Stranger Things, what's next, dean? I will tell you, King, thank you for asking. And what I want to tell you is that uh, we are all fans of uh, the Spirit Halloween uh, retail Halloween costume and accessory shops that sprout up in abandoned storefronts all across the land. Uh, Hell yeah. That all of us on this program have taken advantage of some of the cool offerings uh, that you will find uh, inside a Spirit Halloween. 
the kind of stuff that yeah. normally you would maybe have to order off of the internet, but uh, an opportunity to walk the aisles and see mm-hmm. all of these things and hold them and examine them and make your purchase and not have to wait for shipping. So I am here to tell you that Strike Back Pictures and Hideout Pictures have teamed up with Spirit Halloween uh, to bring us a full-length feature film uh, based on the Spirit Halloween retail outlet. Uh, they are promising what? us a family-friendly <laughs> kids horror adventure uh, that is in, uh, that is, uh, and this is with full cooperation from Spirit Halloween. Uh, they are telling us that uh, this feature film that you can expect sometime around the Halloween season this year uh, has been inspired by kid adventure films of yours, such as The Goonies and Gremlins and The Monster Squad, and it has also been confirmed that both Christopher Lloyd and Rachel Lee Cook are signed on uh, to, to important parts in the Spirit Halloween feature film. <clears throat> wow. That is, that is interesting. You know, but you know what? With the release coming up in October, and I know it's going to be a real movie, the only places that you should be able to watch it is abandoned storefronts like Sears and JCPenney's and like other <laughs> random chain stores. Like that's the only, you can't go to a theater. You got to go to an abandoned store and watch it seasonally. <laughs> so that should be the only way you can watch a Spirit Halloween movie. Like that'll be the best. Let's go to the abandoned TJ Maxx and watch Spirit Halloween the movie. <laughs> that is an awesome idea. Cool. I love that. <laughs> that actually is. A, I, I have to say, King, I, I'm all fucking for that, man. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only way you can watch this movie. You got to go to the you know the abandoned Sears Roebuck. <laughs> Go watch Spirit Halloween. It's the only movie that's playing there, and it's abandoned, and they have nothing but steel chairs in the screen. <laughs> oh, go for that! Go for that art house effect. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> because a week later, it's going to be turned into a pop-up Spirit Halloween. So watch the movie first. Shop the next week. <laughs> Brilliant! I love it. Yeah, ex- yeah ex- ex- except for Pennsylvania, where friendly. you know. <laughs> Pennsylvania, you know, fucking Spirit Halloween's pop up halfway through fucking October because our uh, market sucks here in Pennsylvania. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really does. But imagine going to that abandoned Bradley's or Caldor watching Spirit Halloween, the movie. Holy shit. Holy did you Spirit. say Bradley's? Hell yes, I did. Damn. Yeah, long ago, Shane. <laughs> I go way back to my Bradley's and my Caldor days. We had one right in Manalpin, man. Yes, we did. <laughs> we had Caldors with Bradley. I've heard that word, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it was a place for savings. Right next to Costco. A place for savings. Indeed. Well, I think there was. I mm-hmm. saw in the news uh, this week that I guess uh, we're down to, like, the final three Kmarts in the country now yeah. at this point. Yeah, man, mm-hmm. I saw that, too. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Yep. That's it. Three and that's it. Yeah, in PA, they're all good. they're all done. They're all closed up. So there's only yeah, like three left. Just like the last uh, one in Jersey, one in one in New York, and one in Florida. That's it. That's from Pete's game art. They're fighting. They're gonna stay alive. <laughs> That'll be a boutique thing. They'll yeah. Be like, Let's go to the Kmart. Holy shit, Kmart. <laughs> yes. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like. More like, like I look, like you know, K 
Kmart obviously is, is in the in the words of Rain Man, you know, Kmart sucks. Um, that wasn't like the <laughs> worst fucking advertising at the time. Um, Take up my underwear there. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I remember being a kid, and like the the best part about going to Kmart was just that they had like an actual decent like video game section. Um, oh yeah. As opposed to to some of the other uh, other chains. But, like, you know, during the, the report, they had mentioned that, I guess, at one time, there were, like, 2,700 of those stores. And it's fucking yeah. wild to think that it's down to three. You know, that's fucking insane. Mm-hmm. It's wild. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Because, because mm-hmm. again, with the insane video game sections, but they also always had really solidly packed toy sections as well. You know, he just pull fucking action figures and stuff like that. It was a great place to go uh, in, in the late '90s when everyone was t- collecting toys and trying to find the, you know, the the rare, the rare packs, you know, from the master cartons and stuff like that. Everyone was hitting the Toys R Us and KBs. No one was really hitting the Kmart's, and you find some awesome fucking shit there. Oh yeah, I'm a VHS is true. It's a great horror section. Got a ton of horror VHSs back in the day from Kmart. A lot of Friday 13th Evil Deads. I got all of them. Kmart. Low prices, too. Got to wait for the blue light. As soon as that thing fucking hit, you just went in. What, you got smart? Everything's half off. <laughs> uh, great layaway program, you know, for when, you know, you're poor and you got to put things on layaway for Christmas. I had a lot of things on there for layaway when I was a kid. Like the Nintendo. Parents like, oh, we can get into the Kmart, so we can put on layaway. <laughs> Dude, and then oh man, and then the Black Friday layaway line. Oh, oh. man, I, like back when we were kids. Like I don't, I don't know if you guys ever like went out and did Black Friday shopping when we were kids, and just the insanity that would be in those places, and everyone running around, and then the insane, insane long line to check out. Nope, to put that shit on layaway, just like the king said. <laughs> yeah, I can't pay for it now. Fuck no, I'm still on layaway. <laughs> I'll be there. I'll be the one I need. Um, so that's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for the Spirit Halloween movie. But anyway, Dean, moving on. What's next? I'm going to tell you, Kane, what's next. Uh, all the hey, way wait. back in 2019, uh, <clears throat> Paul Feig has announced uh, back in 2019 that he was going to not only write, uh, but also direct uh, his very own original universal monster movie titled Dark Army, which was going to feature uh, classic universal monsters as well as some original creations. And I have come here to tell you uh, that while he has not yet been able to get Universal to greenlight this pursuit, he says that uh, he has not given up and that it is is his, his, his need uh, to make his own monster movie for Universal. He claims that the Universal executives uh, see this as too expensive of a project, but he says that he does not see it that way. So uh, whether this ever comes to pass uh, remains to be seen, uh, but the Dark Army Universal monster movie uh, from Paul Feig is still uh, attempting to be made. Oh, Paul Feig, oh, he ain't giving up. Nope, nope, 
He, he ain't doing the towel. He didn't hear no bell. Nope. He said, well, I still got this. <laughs> we can still yeah. make this happen, baby. <laughs> Gotta love that passion. Just standing outside the Universal Gates every day with that script going, we can make it. You can do this. I'll stand out here all night. <laughs> Mr. Five, you gotta go home. I don't have to go anywhere. This is America. I'm just standing here. I'm not doing anything. Yeah, no, I'm on the sidewalk. This isn't go. your sidewalk. <laughs> <laughs> this is America's sidewalk. Okay, Mr. Five. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Glenn. <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> gotta give it to him. He's got drive. He wants to make it happen. Hey. I can't blame him for that. Hey. All, all of that being said, though, like I like I I do think like something needs to be done to try, like and bring Universal Monsters back somehow to you know to the forefront and back back into people's faces is just because I love these properties. I I think they're great, and I just don't want them to get forgotten. And I'm just worried if there's no, nothing revamping this. You know, the the kids sure as hell aren't going to take any interest in these great black and white classic movies. No, but, I mean, it's not like they haven't done it. I mean, there's been tons of, of movies about Dracula and about uh, the mummy and Frankenstein's monster. So it's not like, you know, they were made in the 30s and everybody just kind of forgot about them. Like, you know, people have come back and they've made these movies. It's just that the audiences don't care for them. You know, they don't care well, for the monsters of, of the old. Well, I mean, it's just that it's not its not necessarily frightening anymore. But, like, what I actually no. find more disturbing, uh, Monkey, is that, well, yes, I, I, I do understand that these, these classic monsters were, were iconic movies, but they were iconic books that will never go yep. away, and they will never leave the nope. fucking cultural zeitgeist because these are character archetypes that we see in every type of popular culture you know and it comes around yeah. and around and around they never fully go away i mean for every fucking you know for every good we get twilight but that's okay you know <laughs> we can we, we can deal with that kind of stuff you know you, you get movies yeah. like that you get movies like underworld all of these films are, are continuing upon the foundations of those universal monsters they're just newer variations of them Good point, man. Good point. Yeah, they're never going to go away. They're they're always going to be around. Like, if you say Frankenstein to somebody, Dracula to somebody, they're going to know who they are. They're not going to be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, Even if you've never even watched a movie or read the book, you're going to know the name. You know, it's in the zeitgeist, like uh, the Gould said. You know, they're never going to go away, you know, but you're always going to have some variation on the characters, good or bad, you know, and it's just uh, – so I think – to go from a, a classical sense, like they tried to do uh, with the Dark Universe, uh, Paul Feige with the Dark Army, I would love to see them, you know, but there has to be an audience for it. And they tried with The Mummy and uh, with Tom Cruise version anyway, and it just they failed. It, it didn't land where people wanted it to land. So that's what happened. You know, and, you get a bad return. The universe was like, fuck it. You know, it's, it, it, oh, it's yeah, not like they return. didn't give it other shots, you know. Yeah, it's a bad return, you know, like we talked about previously about how they wanted to do Bride of uh, Frankenstein, which would have been fucking awesome. But unfortunately, the projects that came before it just didn't land. So that's why yeah. I'm not going to get to see, you know, new projects because the audience has to be there. And, yeah, Dracula Reborn, not very good. 
I've seen it in theaters. Oh, it wasn't no, very good. Sorry. The Mummy rented it. Oh, wow. It's a you, fucking visual oh. movie. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, and then it was uh, the Aaron Eckhart movie that came out a couple of years ago, I Frankenstein. Fucking terrible yep. movie. You know, like they tried so hard and they just failed. So, yeah, the audience has to be there and they're not there for it. You know, they want new stuff. They don't want, you know, the classic monsters. Like, we don't live in that age anymore where the classic monsters can, you know, still turn a profit. You hope so. You know, you hope that it turns it around. But those previous movies are always going to be there. You know, Phantom of the Opera. I mean, there's been how many uh, movie adaptations of, of that? It's always going to be around. You know, so it's just uh, as far as the future holds, I think everybody's past the monsters. And they want the new stuff. They want the subversive stuff. They want the, quote, unquote, elevated horror. You know, they don't want monsters. Uh, monsters yeah. don't have all Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, all right, team. Monkey still believes. <laughs> I still believe, damn it. Still real to me. <laughs> Filming is now complete on Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert Engeland story. Uh, director Gary Smart has spent two years interviewing such contemporaries as, obviously, Heather Langenkamp, uh, Lance Henriksen, Eli Roth, Tony Todd, Bill Mosley, Lynn Shea, and more uh, for this wonderful tribute documentary that he's putting together to celebrate the life and career of Robert England. Uh, this project is currently in post-production, and the hope is that it will be ready to be screened uh, in the late 2022, during the late 2022 uh, film festival season. So Hollywood Dreams and Nightmares, the Robert England story. So I'm looking forward to that. You know, what what a actor! I mean, that to me, that's like the modern day Bill Orkosi, you know, Robert England. You know, but all the characters that he's played and the dedication he's put into it. You know, Freddy Krueger becoming an icon of '80s and into the '90s. I mean, you can't doubt that. You know, he's had a hell of a career, and he keeps on acting. Like you said, Stranger Things season four, he's going to be playing a character in that, so he's not stopping anytime soon. So I'm really looking forward to seeing that documentary. I read his book, Hollywood Monster. Highly recommend that if you're a Robert England fan. Um, but, yeah, he's had a prolific career. So any kind of documentary should be watched. I figured that you would be looking for zombie trippers. King, so I made sure to <laughs> well, make a note of that uh, just for you. Yeah, so thank you so much, yeah, because I'm a huge Robert England fan. The goal when I met him, the guy could talk for fucking days. He's got stories about fucking everything, and he keeps you entertained. You could be an hour-long wait to meet him, but he will entertain you the entire time with stories. It's so funny and sweet. So, one of the best people, I think, that the one I met was Robert England. Even did a promo for the show? Yes, yep. he did. I think you did get him to do that at some point in time. <laughs> yes, yes he did. Yep. <laughs> yep, it is on the Talking Terror Facebook page. <laughs> Yeah, on the video we're, we're yeah, awesome one of the like best of my life. He was awesome like We just get him. Yep. We gave him a shirt. You know, he was glad to do it. He's like, I'm going to chase around my wife while she wears this. I was like, awesome. <laughs> 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 Thank you so much, Mr. England. You know, and then talking about him as Phantom of the Opera. We just talked about it. He played a fantastic Phantom uh, opposite Joe Sholin in Phantom of the Opera back in the 80s. This is another one that people don't remember he did, but yeah, one hell of a movie. Is that the one that we covered? Is that the one we covered for the show? 
No. No. No, we covered the one from like 1909, didn't we? Wasn't it like a silent film? (laughs) Yeah, is that the one that was silent but had the Lone Ranger music on it? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) It wasn't the Robert England one, trust me. No, we covered the OG Lon Chaney one, which is fantastic all in itself. All right, so stay tuned for that Robert England documentary. What's next, Dean? What do you got? So back in December, uh, the fine folks over in Fright Rags uh, had their Kickstarter going strong, uh, where they raised $85,000 in order to release a Silent Night, Deadly Night-themed board game. Uh, They had reached Mm -hmm. all their Kickstarter goals, and this game is on track to be released sometime later this year. But uh, the fine folks over at Fright Rags have announced that they have another Kickstarter, uh, that is already closing in on $15,000 for a My mm-hmm. Bloody Valentine themed board game, which is going to be part of what they're calling their Stop the Killer board game series. Uh, so yep. if playing these board games based on these uh, classic movies sounds like something you would like to partake in, uh, you should head over to the Fright Red Kickstarter page and make your donations to help these things come to life. I picked in a couple bucks of that one. So, yeah, look forward to seeing that one come yeah. through. And my buddy Valentine's board game. Yeah. Again, you, know, you, all, you guys know me. I'm a huge Fright Rags fan. <laughs> and usually when is, it comes to... Well, you, usually when it comes to Euro-style games and when you're going to the Kickstarters of, of them and stuff like that, they have certain levels in there where you get special versions of the game that isn't available to the public that's only available through the Kickstarter program. Um, so, if again, if that's something you want and you probably want a special edition kind of thing, then, yeah, feel free to jump into those Kickstarters. There you go, yeah. So they're doing their own. You know, they got the My Body Valentine, Silent Night, up in there coming out. And they also have a, uh, for April, they did a line of mashups for April Fool's Day where they combined a mainstream movie with a horror movie uh, so I picked out a Mannequin Meets Maniac uh, t-shirt. So it's the poster for Mannequin, but with <laughs> Frank Zito from Maniac posing on the back of a motorcycle with a bunch of mannequins with bloody scalps on. So I should be getting that soon. I can't wait to post it on the Talking Terror page. The funniest fucking shirt I've seen. I was like, I can't wait to get it. <laughs> the shit you find on Fright Rags, man. And the fact that we aren't sponsored by Fright Rags. <laughs> One day. <laughs> one day they'll be like, wow, he's buying a lot of our shirts. We should uh, reach out to him. No. <laughs> I, have, I have two drawers full of Freight Rags t-shirts at this point. So. <laughs> More than enough to cover one month of never changing a design around. <laughs> Steeped in that company. You know, I, I love their releases. So looking forward to getting the Maniac meets Mannequin. Uh, <laughs> coming hopefully next month. All right, so moving on from that board game to Fright Rags, what else do you got for me? Uh, I'm going to tell you. I don't like because you asked nicely. But I always, uh, always. Kevin Smith's uh, horror anthology, Kilroy, uh, was here. Oh, no. Uh, we, <laughs> I had talked about uh, quite some time ago, probably sometime last year, about how Kilroy was here was going to be sold as an NFT, uh, a non-fungible token. And I do want to say that that was the very first time that I ever heard of something called NFT, which has now uh, exploded into like mainstream <laughs> uh, situations. And I still, 
uh, have a hard time understanding exactly uh, what it is. But uh, with this Kilroy was here being sold as an NFT, um, Kevin Smith has announced that there is going to be a sequel and that Kevin Smith is going to be shooting one chapter of the Kilroy was here sequel next year. But the rest of the sequel is going to be created by fans who bought the NFT of the first film and will feature uh, different short films and animations uh, that are created by uh, the purchasers of the original Kilroy Was Here NFTs. Uh, I'm still super fucking confused, but that's the fucking news about Kevin Smith Kilroy Was Here. We talked about it last week. You know, while you guys were away a little bit about the NFT thing, like what it means and how there's like 5,555 pieces uh, that you yeah. can buy. Um, and you could kind of just make it your own. Like you could make your own Killer Was Here chapter. Um, you could watch what he had already created, but there's like little pins and little uh, gifts and things like that uh, that go along with the 5,555 pieces. Um, it's so fucking confusing, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, but... It's one of those things where it's like if you just have money to say, I have money, fuck you, I'm going to spend it how I want, then, yeah, go in on it. I, just, I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't really care for it. I just kind of wish that he had just dropped this movie on Netflix or Hulu yeah. or Shudder or one of these sites rather than just being NFT. That's the way to go. Yeah, is it, you know, because it's not like, you know, he's an independent, you know, or was an independent filmmaker and, you know, hey, it's not like we're in a recession or anything. Hey, how about you sit there and release this movie and into a bunch of tiny little bits you got to buy and sit there and then compile it into one big-ass file just so I can sit there and rake in some more shit instead of just releasing this shit like on Shutter or Hulu or some shit like that, you know. Nope, it just starts to be a huge-ass douchebag kind of move. <laughs> That's just yeah. It's a surprise. Uh, uh, I mean, I think it's Kevin doing what Kevin does, which is he's trying something new. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm not going to knock him entirely on it. You know, the the, the NFT thing is all a, a rage right now. You know what I mean? And only time is going to tell if these things are going to end up being fruitful or if they are going to just be the next fad. Um, you know, I was at uh, the the NFT event that I was at that I ended up scoring all of that uh, that TH, THC content, and like in that specific case, you know, like the NFT um, that was available, it was like five hundred something dollars. You know, and it's like a, a, a an art piece of like a, a a stoner looking like elephant type of deal, but the idea mm-hmm. is is that will work as your key so to say, um, to get into other events, being that you were the only person with your blockchain that would have that NFT on it because it's a, it's a, it's a unique piece of art that belongs just to you, um, which has no direct value other than what somebody values it at. So you pay 500 something dollars for it, let's say, like a stock. You pay $500,000 for it. Now, somebody else wants to get in on these events. The only way to do it is to get one of these NFTs. They may offer you $10,000 for it. 
Who knows? If these events prove po- you know, popular enough, they'll buy it. somebody will buy it off you for a fucking million dollars. You know, the idea is they're not directly attached to any kind of specific monetary value and therefore are only val- as valuable as a person sees fit. Um, and, and again, as, as we're even seeing with, you know, with, with digital currency and shit right now, you know, all of it is, is kind of shaky because there's no actual representative, like there's no, no governing body to, to represent the actual value. So it's, uh, it's going to be a weird one these next couple of years in regards to this kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Too, too confusing yeah, we'll see what for happens. me. Uh, we'll see what happens. All right, Dave, what's next? The creator of the Netflix show Squid Game, Dong Dong Hyuk, uh, who is currently in negotiations with Netflix for a season two. Long Duck duck Dong? uh, Has also uh, talked about a new project that he is working on. And Huang Dong Hyuk has announced that one of his next projects is going to be called the Killing Old People Club. Killing Old People Club. And he says I'm down. that it is going I'm down. to be he says it's going to be even more violent than Squid Game. And that uh, when all is said and done, he might have to hide uh, from old people. Uh, this book, uh, the, sorry, this project is inspired by an Italian book, an Italian novel uh, by an author named Umberto Eco. Uh, now, what people are trying to figure out is what uh, the inspiration is, because this author uh, has not written a novel uh, with that title. Uh, so somewhere in the works of Umberto Eco came the inspiration for Killing Old People Club, uh, promised to be more violent than Squid Game. Uh, no word on when this is going into production or whatnot, uh, but this is uh, coming down the pipe from Huang Dong Haiyang. King, you know how I feel about pensioners. I'm all for this shit. <laughs> hey, hey, why not? I know. You're ready to hunt. <laughs> but I know exactly how you feel about it. That's fine. You know, I know. I, I, I never saw a Squid Game, so I can't really say whether or not it's going to be good. So, hey, he's got a new project. Let's go. But yeah, you haven't. Yeah, yeah, you haven't, but your nephew <laughs> has. That's what's jacked up, man. Your five-year-old nephew has seen Squid Games, but you haven't. Because he's your cooler than I am. Like, I yeah, because your brother is number one parent <laughs> of the year. <laughs> I mean, my nephew has Squid Games fucking um, memorabilia. He's got masks and books and calendars. I was like, yep, okay. He's cooler than I am. I, mean, I, I thought it was frame. Fun. I liked it for the most part. I didn't love it. I didn't yeah. think it was, uh, you know, the greatest thing I ever saw in I right. you know, like 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 with just about everything I watch. Like I did not watch it in the uh, initial hysteria, uh, but uh, given its content, Squid Game was one of those that even with its graphic violent content, uh, you know, found its little crossover uh, to a wider mainstream audience. And uh, you know, when it was like Squid Game hype, which was not long before Halloween, because uh, the Squid Game. Uh, outfit was a quite a popular Halloween costume this past Halloween. Uh, oh, yeah. you know, I didn't watch it until I don't know, like a month, or maybe maybe a month or two ago, and um, like I really enjoyed it, uh, and I'm looking forward to more. Uh, but I, you know, given its content, I was kind of surprised. 
it is an engaging mystery aside from all of the the graphic violence. Uh, but I I was surprised uh, in hindsight how popular it was among the mainstream. But anyway, uh, I I would be certainly interested in taking a peek at killing uh, killing old people club uh, when the time comes and when the time is right. I watched it as well. And, you know, I think, you know, for, for me, I think even for you, Dean, you know, part of the thing is too, this is stuff that we've seen before. Um, you know, was this, this well, was this well told? Yes. You know, did they build like a mystery for it? Yes. I think, you know, part of its popularity, what surprised me more than anything else was its popularity amongst a much younger crowd than its, target um it wouldn't have surprised me had it been just popular amongst like i don't know the 20 to 30 somethings because these are also the same people that grew up with uh the hunger games and stuff like that so this is just graduating Mm -hmm. that to a more mature theme but for people that were sammy like sammy's age like middle schoolers that's who this show really became super popular with, and that surprised the fuck out of me because I really was not expecting to to see that amongst such a young crowd. Or yeah, even yeah. like in the case of the king's nephew, he's like three, you know, and, and, and he's a fan. He's five. Yeah, yeah. five. Five and a fan. And, <laughs> yeah. and, well, and that's what and that's why I wanted to ask uh, Dean is is that why you uh, finally give it a chance is because of the hype with your students. No, 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 no. This it had been on my radar for uh, you know quite some time. I I for a long time have been a fan of Asian cinema and Asian horror cinema yeah. and Asian splatter cinema. Uh, and mm-hmm. from when I first heard about it, I was like, oh man, like this looks really fucking cool, and I'm looking forward to checking this out like immediately. But uh, you know, just I I don't I I don't dedicate uh, enough of my free time uh, to to watching everything that I want to see. Uh, so when the time finally came uh, was when I was actually going to be traveling. This was back in December. I had like downloaded a bunch of episodes so I could like watch it on the plane because uh, I knew I was going to have plenty of time. It was it, it was really just a, a matter of time, you know. That's what it came down right, to. Right, right. And, and uh, Dean, in your opinion, again, you know, did you find it as a solid watch? Uh, yeah, like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, I don't like I said, I don't know that. It, it matched like the level of hype because like I open social media and see people that, you know, not even people that I yep. really know, you know, but people that I see that I know from a social media feed who have never ex- have expressed any kind of interest in genre or any of this kind of stuff being like, Oh my God, squid game. Oh my God. Squid game. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, but like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was an engaging mystery. Uh, as the ghoul said, it's not like uh, this is something that I had never seen before. Uh, but I really enjoyed it, and I stuck with it, and uh, that is the, you know, I guess that's the prime uh, signifier because uh, I don't often, uh, you know, see things through to the end. Uh, like for example, uh, there was all the talk about oh how uh, the the Bly Manor uh, was so great, and I think I watched the first three episodes and I dug it, but I just never went back to it. But Squid Game, I was like into and like made a point to, to finish. Cool, man. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what else do you have, Dean? What are you talking about? Uh, let's see. What else do I have to talk about? Uh, I will say that 
Uh, the Walking Dead, which uh, for the flagship series only has eight episodes left to go, uh, that will be airing later this year. Uh, but it has been announced that for the Walking Dead anthology series that will be coming on the heels of the original show, uh, Samantha Morton is going to be returning uh, as her character of Alpha. And this is the first uh, announcement of any previous uh, performers or characters uh, that are going to be appearing in this spinoff. Obviously, plot details about uh, what it's going to cover are under wraps. Uh, in the Walking Dead seasons that featured the character of Alpha, uh, Like there was some backstory that was introduced, but not a whole lot of backstory. So it will be interesting to see uh, what they choose to do with Alpha, being that this is an anthology series, not a episode-to-episode follow-the-story series. But uh, the first... Uh, cast member from the existing Walking Dead universe uh, that will be in the anthology. Interesting. Very cool. So stay tuned for that. All right. So what else do you have? Uh, What else do I have? Uh, How about we talk about uh, how about we talk about the movie? Okay, so let's talk about Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cotton Hell in 2014, directed by John Backus. Okay, cool, this is your pick. So hit us with a synopsis and uh, give us your thoughts, and then we'll break it down. <laughs> a synopsis? <laughs> yeah, there's a fucking <laughs> rabbit hopping around this town, man, and it's killing people. Yep. There ain't much more to that. Uh, I picked the film because it is Easter, uh, if I remember my my church going days correctly, it is attached to the uh, to the resurrection of of the Catholic Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He, uh, he came back to life uh, after being crucified, and, and and that is what Easter is all about. So of course, you know we are going to 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 celebrate that. By decorating eggs, and mm-hmm. that get delivered by a rabbit, because rabbits definitely lay eggs, and uh, and, and 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 yeah, no, no, no I, I get that part, but you know the, the fact that it's attached <laughs> to Easter is just yet another another example of uh, uh, of the the Catholic Church attaching to to, to pagan religion in order to <laughs> to popularize their own religion. Um, and, and keep a certain, you know, population at fucking bay so that they didn't reject them completely. Uh, yeah, hey, it's cool, you know, we'll let you keep some of your beliefs, um, but just uh, if you can, believe in ours, too. Uh, neat. <laughs> it's, it's not, like, it's, it's, it's not it. like that anymore. Now, nowadays, it's more like, hey, fuck you, listen to us, only us, and, uh, and that's the way it's got to be. Um, but, but, yeah, so, so this was a uh, – was. Was was a movie? A movie was made. <laughs> was it? And it is Beaster Day. So so yeah. Again, what about you, now. Monkey? Monkey, how did you feel about Beaster Day? Wow, we're we're skipping rotation here. Okay, let's see here. Oh, I want to start normally. It goes it's me, a, it's then okay. you, then the team. Does it go to the scene next? Okay. I don't know. I fucking forget. It's, it's, I've been gone a week. It's all right. You know? 
It's all right. You catch me, man. So I'll jump in real quick. I just want to sit there and say congratulations, man. You you picked a movie that made Evil Bong look good. You you made a movie that made <laughs> Evil I, Bong I, look fucking which I also awesome. Picked, which I also picked, <laughs> I by the way. So, so, so let's not forget that. I oh believe me I remembered I mean holy it's the time shit of okay year. uh yeah 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 um yeah okay first of all for those of you that you know going to sit there and possibly want to check this out because actually I almost picked this last year just based on the cover art alone because the cover art is fucking sweet the cover art is awesome as shit but yeah just like the cake in Portal, the cover art is a fucking lie. It is a horrible, horrible fucking lie. Do not pick this movie for the cover art, okay? I was like, someone ought to sue this fucking movie for false advertising, all right? Oh, my God, this movie was so fucking bad. And it wasn't even like it was, you know, so bad it's good bad. You know, it wasn't one of those. It, it, this was like just, oh, my God. Like, cause honest, like honestly, like I'm watching it. Diva walks into the room, and she's like, "Oh, who picked, who picked a fucking full moon <laughs> movie th- this week?" And I was like, "It's not full moon, but the ghoul picked it." <laughs> she was like, "He's the one that picked Evil Bong." And he was like, "Yeah." <laughs> she was like, "This is bad. This is really fucking bad." And then she saw some kills, and she was like, "Oh, it just got worse." Holy shit, that's the fucking kill! And I was like, "Yeah, honey." And I was just, "Oh man." This movie would have been, like, so much more fun if, like, they had just put a little bit more energy and maybe a little bit more boobs into people that we actually wanted to see naked instead of who we actually saw. Um, yeah, it's just, man, Leia. This is, I, I, like, for me, I just don't get these movies, like, where we're intentionally trying to make it bad so it's good and... Like I, I I just don't understand that kind of filmmaking. It's like at least you know try a little bit. Holy shit! Yeah. All right, um, Dean, what did you think of this uh, masterpiece? <laughs> All right. So first, I want to say, uh, Ghoul, uh, congratulations because uh, this particular film uh, I feel comes from the well. Uh, that I often have visited in the past to make selections uh, for Brand. our our program, <laughs> um, and I I do ha- I can't say this with like dis- like like with any kind of definitive claim. I would have to look at the list of all of the films that we've covered on this show uh, in its history, but it is possible that this is the worst film that we have ever covered on Talking Terror. I uh, second that. <laughs> and, and, you know, what's, what's disappointing to me is that it's always been my hope that the worst film that we've ever covered on Talking Terror uh, would have been a selection of mine. Uh, oh, alas, oh, you dark bastard, you. <laughs> that is not the case. Uh, I, 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 I just saw first off, bro. Sorry. First off, no, uh, no, no. Unlike, no, the, I, unlike this, this movie, is, I didn't try to intentionally be bad. I went into this with all the best reasons. 
I don't think so it is the best reason. No, there are times this when I choose. This is going to be a choose, great episode. There are times when I choose. <laughs> there are times when I choose things intentionally. Um, you know, but I always hope yeah, for at least some entertainment value, and there was entertainment value here for sure. Uh, I just, I have never heard of this before, and I feel like concept-wise, like maybe there was an interesting concept here, and I feel like this is the kind of thing that if like. Troma got its hands on this. Like it could have been just as bad, but much better. Um, if that makes oh, sense. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a great statement. So, yeah, I, I just what an interesting, what an, <laughs> Isn't so it all about we? I have like little words. <laughs> yeah, uh, and again, like there was, there was, there was some, there was some funny, like a couple of funny jokes, and there was some nudity and. Uh, I, I'm curious to, to see how this discussion unfolds because I do feel that uh, there is much to talk about here, and um, you know, and, and let's just see let's just see how it unfolds. Man, what a, what a viewing experience! <laughs> All right, King, uh, my brother. Well, when uh, the goal announced that it was going to be Beaster Day, here comes Peter Cottonhell. I already knew of it. It's it's a John Backus movie. John Backus, oh, no. uh, for folks at home who don't know, uh, he is a director that has made a ton of softcore porno movies uh, that you would see on HBO late at night or Cinemax late at night. You know, everything from the Erotic Witch Project to Kiki Kong to the Brave Avengers, the Insatiable Iron Babe, uh, Bat Babe, the Dark Knighty. Uh, so he is known for making these comedic uh, softcore <laughs> porno <Knight>. parodies. <laughs> yeah. Um, the erotic time machine, the erotic tales of Van Helsing, uh, Bloods versus Wolves. So he he makes a ton of weird, silly uh, porn parodies of movies. Uh, he did this movie, but he took his name off of it because for a lot of reasons he should be taking his name off this movie. Uh, so it was a Scrig Brothers uh, production. Uh, but uh, he brings in his his cast of, of Darian Kane, who shows up in this movie, AJ Khan. So a lot of regulars that John Backus works with movie is just terrible. I mean, it's, it's not that much that you could say about it. I don't mind bad cinema. I don't mind bad movies that are good. Uh, I love trauma, like the, uh, the theme that said about trauma. Uh, I, just, I don't like it when you're making a movie and you're being so bad at your acting that it's intentional. Like, I don't like it yes. when you're waving your arms and you're going, whoa, whoa, whoa. like, you know, when something happens, that's stupid, and I don't like the humor. Like, you could, you could do better. And this movie just, it knew what it was, and it just was. Like, it just, it was making a movie about a gigantic uh, rabbit that hops around and chomps people. So, I mean, there's really not much, like the ghoul said, in terms of plot. Um, it's just a, a silly little movie that, if you like that type of movie, then you're probably going to have a good time. If you don't, uh, then you don't. I was like, this is kind of like the perfect ghoul movie, though. Because, you know, bad acting, boobs, boobs, and then a killer rabbit. So, I was like, you know what? Nah, nah, of... nah, dog. That, that, that's that's no nah. for me, dog. But at the same time, you know, as we get into the narration of the movie, this made me feel kind of good because every time I make a pick, the ghoul and the ghoul gal are immediately saying, I don't like it. No, it's a king pick. Blech. I don't like it. And I'm like, you know what? He picked Beaster Day. So I feel vindicated. So I'm like, you know what? Jello's all around, everybody. <laughs> yeah. You get a jello, and you get a jello, and you get a jello. <laughs> you know, let's talk about you know different types of movies. But 
I mean, I, I kid. Uh, you never blame the picker. You blame the movie, and this movie is fucking condemned to hell. Uh, but let's talk about Beaster Day. So we're opening <laughs> this movie at a wedding reception where a man is marrying a woman much younger than him, and Tom Kloss is his son. And he gives a speech about where he's dressing his dad down, saying, oh, mom's in a hotel, and she's probably you know, choking on dick and going to kill herself because you picked this younger woman. Anyway, yeah, that was hilarious. I'm going to hit check home. You know, it was mom's in a hotel. I had so much hope. Uh, I had so much hope when this movie opens, and, and the African-American <laughs> gentleman says, let's, have it, let's, let's hear it for the band one more time, the black defendants. Okay, the name of the band was the Black Fucking Defendants. I was fucking dying. I was like, holy shit, if this movie can fuck, if this is going to be the type of humor in this film, like you said, this is going to be my type of film because it's, it's, yes. it's silly, yes. sophomoric humor that, you know what, for the most part, look, I like to try to pick movies that make you think. But, you know, I'm not only <laughs> watching movies like that. I sometimes like right, dumb right. movies that yeah. are just yep. funny. This is the funniest mm-hmm. part of the entire film because it's all fucking down. Yeah. I had some laughs, laughs. You know, when, he, when he's dressing in his dad. I, I was laughing, you know, <laughs> talking about the hotel room, you know, what his mom is doing. And the fact that he has to hitchhike home. He doesn't even have a car or a taxi. He has to hitchhike home. Mm. So while hitchhiking home, <laughs> cripp- he gets his hand cut yeah. off yeah. and killed by the college him. debt, you know, while his father yeah. fucking paid <laughs> like 70000 for the fucking wedding. Just a, a, he becomes a bloody mess from some unknown creature while his dad cuts the cake with his young wife. And it's like, well, that's okay. So we got at least one victim right off from the start. Um, then we cut to our main quote-unquote hero, would you say, about the movie, Doug? He's getting dressed, uh, getting ready for his job as a dog catcher. Oh, jeez. Stuffing a ton of oh. socks down in his crotch. And then trying to be like the taxi driver. You, you were talking to me? You talking to me? I don't see anybody else here. I'm like, okay. So we are doing this uh, for this movie where we immediately cut to uh, uh, Alice and her husband who's cooking bacon for some reason, and he can't have any, and he's very pissed off that he can't have any of that because of his high cholesterol. So for some reason we have this going on. While their daughter calls and says, I want to come home. I can't get any acting gigs, and I'm being kicked out. Do you think I could stay for a while? And the husband's like, no, no, no. Done. But Brenda, my daughter, you could come home. I guess you could stay for a little while. And meanwhile, Brenda is like the poor version of Anna Kendrick. She's like Dollar Tree Anna Kendrick this entire fucking movie. Oh, like that's she's, the wish, she's the, wish, the wish version. That's all. You ordered yeah. her, but instead of getting her on Amazon, you ordered her from Wish, and it fucking took like seven months to get to you. And that's what showed up. Yeah. You were like, oh, shit. That's Anna Schmendrick. Not Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> you just didn't fucking so read it right. I was like, she saw Pitch Perfect, and she was like, I could do that in this movie. I'll just be Anna Kendrick, but I'm not Anna Kendrick in this movie. I just kept writing it down. I was like, stop being Anna Kendrick for one second, because you're not as enjoyable <laughs> as Anna Kendrick is. I like Anna Kendrick movies, and you're not Anna Kendrick. But So that scene happens, and then we cut to Darian Kane. Uh, who wakes up in bed to start her day by making some nice fresh iced tea with some lemons in there, and she's going to sit outside with her tea until you see behind her a gigantic CGI rabbit appearing overhead and watching it, her. That's not, no, that's not, that's, that's not CGI. That's not CGI, bro. That's matting. 
That's matting. Okay, that's well, bad matting. I don't. I just put CGI <laughs> in the movie. I didn't put matting. I just put CGI because I didn't know what the fuck it was. I just knew it wasn't good. Um, that, again, that was definitely not CGI. That was a horrible, horrible sh- puppet. Sh- I just thought it was that was shit puppet. That's what it yeah. was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it was. was just, I didn't. That, it, it, it was horrible. Land of the Lost kind of shit. This made Land I didn't of the Lost. Have the word for good. it. Yeah. I just didn't have to work for it. Totally made Land of the Lost look good, bro. That's insulting to the people that made fucking Land of the Lost. <laughs> so she's sitting outside fucking drinking Chaka tea, and, and then she finally yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she she sees Peter Cottonhell appear from behind her, and she immediately does what I just talked about. I fucking hate this when she's like whoa, 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 waving her hand like stop it. Stop it immediately. We need to cut away because I'm so fucking annoyed at the wild waving of the arms, screaming. Thank God she got hit by a car, which she's still alive after losing her hand, you know, laying in the middle of the street while Peter Cotton you know, comes up to her. And what the fuck happened? Because she screams and her fucking eye pops out. Like, you don't. Yeah. What, did Peter Cotton do that? Did her eye just fucking explode? Like, there's no explanation. For why her eye popped out of her goddamn head. Maybe, he did terribly a lot in this movie. Oh, the hopping, <laughs> yeah, the the horrible hopping. But he, I guess he hops on her like the gold said, pops her eye out. It lands in the iced tea. Her boyfriend shows up looking for her, pours himself a glass of the tea with the eye in it, and then it's just in his mouth, and he's like, "Ooh, ooh, weird." Yeah, yeah tripping, like, tripping down his chin. And it doesn't just land in the iced tea. It'd be one thing if it landed in the iced tea. No, this shit fucking, like, soars through the fucking air, flies through a window, and then ends up in the fucking iced tea. Like, it don't even make sense how it gets there. And again, man, I'm all for stupidity, but this is, like, stupid, (laughs) stupid. But that was them trying to be witty because they made iced tea. That, that that was the point of the You're whole fucking so much credit joke. Me. You're giving way too much credit. <laughs> stop it. You re- stop congratulating them on that joke. If it didn't work. I would go with that, Monkey. Honestly, I would go with that and agree with you if they would have pulled something like the guy saying, this is some really good eyes. But because he didn't, and there's no like people put it this way: if there was a joke to be had, they wouldn't have made it subtle. They would have made sure to fucking no, yeah. club you over the top of the you head. You are the head of not that bright. Yeah. Uh, after this happens, and we see the the boyfriend enjoying the eyes tea. Uh, we cut back to Doug at the <laughs> job that he works at. Dog catchers in the rye. <laughs> That's hilarious, guys. What a joke. Dog catchers in the rye. Like, it. like they beat you over the head with it. <clears throat> and apparently this boss has dog catcher of the year, first, second, and third prize. And they're all the exact same fucking trophy, so none's bigger than the other. They're all just a bunch of golden thumbs up. On a little fucking trophy stand. <laughs> and Doug is so excited. I'm going to win it this year. I know it. I'm going to do it. Uh, he does not win first prize. He wins second. Hector, uh, the guy that really just doesn't even want to be there, wins first prize. So, of course, Doug is just fucking devastated. How can I not win oh, first prize? Dude. This is ridiculous. I mean, I dedicate my life to this. He's like, I'm going to have to go back to my job working the glory holes. Ha-ha. We got a joke, people. So many glory holes. 
<laughs> glory, <laughs> glory, hallelujah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> because then we jump to a scene where a woman is outside gardening and she's having a great time nice. with it. Big old it's like a shitty version of Melvin. You know, like that <laughs> yeah. that's what he reminded me of. Like like they again, like just like Brenda is the wish version of fucking Anna Kendrick, this is like the wish version of uh, of Toxic Avengers Melvin. Melvin Junko. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm completely hundred percent. I'm with that. I, I will side by that. Um but we have a woman gardening she sees that her carrots have been fucked with, and then all of a sudden she's like, what the fuck? And we see a whole trail of carrots that lead away through this whole trail. She's going and tracking this numerous fucking carrots that are just laying on the ground until she encounters Peter Cottonhell, who chases after her to attack her, and her top falls off, of course, because, you know, she's got big old boobs, and John Backus has to show them off, completely panning up and down, make sure that you know she's got boobs. You get it. We're fine. I do get it. You know, yeah, but, but, Thank you. Uh, yeah, but again, she had a look to her, man. Like this, almost like she Zelda pet cemetery, pet cemetery kind of look to her, where it's like I was like, uh, I don't want to see that body, man. It look, it like just looks really, really fucking anorexic in my opinion. She had the rib cage showing through and stuff like that. And I was like, ah, would you? Ah, no, no. It's yeah, this is not, not sexy in any way. Yeah, this is not sexy in any way, shape, or form. It's like, oh, my God, I want to, like, you know, yes, you have big boobs, but it's on a super, super anorexic frame. Let me take you out for some steak and some beer because we got to get some weight on you. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I will so, yeah. I will give this young woman credit for running with those gigantic things because, you know, <laughs> yeah. they were bouncing all over the place. And, I mean, like, you know, like, look, they, they are obviously – if they are, are are man-made, they're low quality they're really good. crafted. Well, they're what? just well. They're I, I'm I'm going to say they're low quality in the fact that they look too realistic. Um, you know, the idea that's what I'm going to say, man. Is that they're, they're going to look perfect forever, not fucking saggy, baggy, bouncing boobies. Um, I mean, look, if, if you want the, the the reality look, then you go for a reality girl, man. Um, yeah. You know, oh, good point. Again, they they were bouncing all over the place, and, and it's not fun to run like that. You know, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable experience for women. So I know she's. she's I'm sure it is. Fucking, she was dedicated the to the art. Believe me, I get it. She did it. See, my tits the fucking bounce. Like you wouldn't believe it. Titties hurt all the time. And I my believe God, I need so much truth. fucking you know you know so much so much work for a run. The, uh, dude, the last time you fucking ran, okay, was you had a chainsaw above your head. You were chasing kids for three fucking blocks on Halloween. That was the last time you fucking ran. And that being said, you were fucking magnificent. All right, well, <laughs> I had no you. problem. I had no problem all. lotioning. I had no problem lotioning those tits the rest of the night because you earned it, baby. You were good it that was night. So you relaxing. were awesome. <laughs> it felt so good to go for a run chasing after teenagers with a chainsaw and have my titties just. The lotion didn't care for by the monkey. It felt great. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was fun. They didn't get chapped. They didn't get, you know, yeah. they, were, they were good. It, that that night was about you because you earned it. You were, you were, yeah. you were terrific. All about Leatherface, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so this, this random woman who gets her top ripped off, she eventually gets her head ripped off, but not before doing the same thing that Darren Kane did earlier. Whoa, whoa. Like, you know, like, all right. And she actually had. And she actually had. She had to stop and take a breath and then keep yelling. Yep, sure did. 
But I, I, and I was like, are you fucking kidding so me? Fucking cheap. And, she, and she was that, the one that didn't even really yeah. yell, right? It was more like a no, raspy no. Ah, kind yeah. of fucking sound that came yeah. out of her. Yeah. Like, come on, man. If you're going to hire people and you're going to be in this kind of movie, at least have them scream. Give them the fu- Like, yeah. hire people that can fucking yell. Yeah, yeah. it's like that, that's what was fucking irritating me. Is like her scream was just like ah, you know. It was like it wasn't even a fucking scream. It's like uh, it was like fucking hero nope. Fran Drescher. It's like and watching fucking the movie old is so people porn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. people. But it's just the, the movie's so cheap that you don't really get to see her head beaten ripped off because they don't have that kind of money. So you just see Peter Cottonhill just kind of bend over, and all of a sudden her head's gone, and just laying on the side of the grass. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what happened to the you? Effect. <laughs> you know, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, well, that Glenda was, that was the bitch. Dad. That was the yep, bitch, good. though, about all of the kills in this film, though, is you didn't see anything actually happen, like, nope. you know, reaching nope. down, grabbing the body, no. anything, you know, with the exception of the dude had his legs sticking out, okay? But other than that, it was just super, super quick, you know, snap kind of thing, motion, and then you see us, us, a thing there, you know, a body part or something like that, fa- poorly, poorly faded out with, you know, uh, <laughs> computer imagery there, <laughs> blended into the oh. background. Completely. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's one of, they didn't have the money to do it, so they just had to shoot it that way. Um, it's silly. You see her head laying there, then they cut to Brenda with her dad. You know, he's eating a salad, she's eating bacon with eggs, and she's like, I, I've been through all these things, and you know, uh, I just, I think that my passion is uh, I want to be a poet. And he's like, fuck you. Like, all you want to do is take my money. She's like, yeah, I just need your wallet. Like, That's all I need. This is my dream. Give me, give me your wallet. And he's like, no, we're not doing that. Get a fucking job for once. And she's like, oh, fuck you, Dan. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. Yeah, get a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> but okay, but but on the flip side, I can totally see where you know Dad's coming from because he, you know we had right. this cute moment of you were a failed ballerina, a failed actress, a failed mm-hmm. singer, and now you want to be a failed poet. I'm not paying for all this shit. Get a fucking job and pay for your own fucking dreams. <laughs> well, you know she's on Get the fucking job. six year plan of, of a fucking liberal <laughs> arts degree. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's kind of problematic, man. Those things take long, man. Yeah, I know it's like legit. That. It's legit. <laughs> and while all this is happening, Peter Cottonhill is still jumping around town, and he gets to a ranch where he chases after a woman riding a horse. He eventually catches up to her and and uh, bites her in half because one well, half crashes you... into a tree. And the other half is laying on the horse. Dude. Yes, and if you Game, is that what happened uh, to the first portion of her riding <laughs> on the horse, you would have noticed that she she wasn't riding with a whole lot of urgency. Uh, you know, no. once she nope. saw, uh, you know, <laughs> just it was like, oh, <laughs> just going to continue to trot along gently here on my horse. Right <laughs> and the yeah, horse was, was totally cool with it. The horse wasn't spooked <laughs> at all. <laughs> the horse was like, "Get off me, bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Peter Rotten yeah. Hill, why don't you come get this bitch? <laughs> so you know that's, that's that what happen. happens when it's With a fucking spot. you know a a fucking petting zoo ride on fucking pony, and you got somebody who probably doesn't know how to ride all that that well, and you know, and, and that's what you think happens. She got bit in half. I, I couldn't even figure it out. She just suddenly was yeah, because the whole half, half was on the way. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I assume, I assume that she 
Yeah, but her upper half was on the tree. So I kind of assumed mm. that this was supposed to be one of those cases where she wasn't looking where she was going and ran into mm. the tree. Maybe. And they yeah. just couldn't show and again, it. And, and again, because in horror movies, bodies are so soft, that kind of shit just, you know, we all just fucking split apart in a million fucking pieces. <laughs> well, and this universe we do, so it's fine. <laughs> we'll go with it, dude. Um, we've all reality, seen those car movies where you know body parts just fly left and right, you know, over the small, stupidest shit. So, so Brenda uh, goes to Dogcatchers in the Rye, meets with the boss, uh, has a brief interview where she just desperately tries to say she doesn't have any experience. You know, she doesn't like spiders. You know, she's not all about this. Can you wear a hat? Well, yes, you're hired. Fuck. Uh, that's got to laugh out of me. Because <laughs> she's so desperately yep. trying to not get this job. You know, but he gives her the job anyway. And then Doug immediately is like, I like this girl. I'm going to fucking try to sexually assault her every chance I get. Because that's the love of my life. I'm like, oh, dude, no. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> you know, it's so fucking weird. And just, that, no, I don't like it. But it, it's fine. Because that's what we got throughout the movie. Uh, then we get to the couple. That are on the date, which is my favorite part. Uh, this fucking guy is just so obsessed with cigarettes. You know, we could go to the diner. The diners are good. I could, I could, you know, I can't smoke in the diner. I just want to smoke. And she's like, really? That's all you care about? Well, let's play, like, a little game, huh, baby? You want to play a game? You know, come and find me. So she makes him turn around. She strips off all her clothes. Great body on this actress, by the way. I, I enjoyed it because, you know, once you stripped I, off everything. I, did, did, yeah, this one I will sit there and give you props for. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, she decides to strip off all her clothes, makes her boyfriend chase after her. So he's following the trail of clothes, lighting a cigarette as he goes because this guy needs that fucking nicotine quick. He needs to get that extra hit of the cigarette. And he does find her, but he finds her lower half on her knees doggy style behind a tree and he's like oh hey, baby i found you i'm gonna take out my dick uh but no it's actually her torn half because peter cottonhill got there first and shoot her in half and decides to chase after the boyfriend so the boyfriend goes running off into the woods he lands behind a log he has a choice between a butterfly knife or cigarettes what does he choose the cigarettes <laughs> like, oh, good choice i guess because he just needed it that bad so Peter Cottonhill devours him, leaving only his head behind to exhale smoke. So he got that final smoke, you know, before we died. But, but okay, but this scene, okay, I, I, I knew the ghoul was definitely with me here, where this scene where she had her ass sticking out from behind the tree, we should have something going on where he's just in there hitting that fucking shit. And then realize that and there's then, only half of her there. Absolutely. I'm, like, watching this scene, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's lewd, but, you know, I remember you stating that this was made by, you know, a, uh, a softcore porn director. I'm like, oh, all right, yep. the guy's going to get eaten while banging her corpse doggy right. style, because that's exactly how this is set up. But, no, no, it's just, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it's like a terrible fucking, like, dummy and it was, oh, and this oh. is one of those where it was. It would have been funny because of how bad it was, but they don't go there for whatever reason. Yeah, because when mm-hmm. this happens, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, "Oh, okay," but yeah, they, they just for some reason don't have the balls to go there. No, the, the, it was weird because, like, yeah, like the girl said, 
Like, I know John Backus is a softcore porn director, and he didn't go that way with this movie. Like, he would try to make a straightforward horror movie, albeit comedic and not that very good, but he left all the sex at the door. Like, this guy makes softcore, and he just decided this one, he was going to go straight. So I was kind of surprised that he did it, but, you know, it's fine the way that it is. We get introduced to Mayor Farnsworth. Oh, most fucking annoying character in the movie for me. (laughs) Hey, man. Hey, man. What's going on, man? Like, we're fine. Like, we're good. Like, what's going on, everybody? Like, we're going to have an Easter Day weekend, and we get all these vendors, and hey, police chief, what do you got? Oh, we're going to have the liquor store set up at the high school, because you know you got to get those kids hooked up early. And I was like, okay, that's okay. (laughs) I got to laugh out of that one. You know, the fact that they're going to set the liquor store up right next to the high school. Like, man, this is going to be the best Easter Day weekend ever. Like, we're going to get all the money, man. Yeah, man. I was like, oh, God, this fucking guy. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, I can't wait to see if he gets killed or not. Yeah. Um, and so, okay, yeah. so when you give us story, this is the story you give us. is You know, because we, we kind of sort of have our hero and our maiden, you know, for, for the movie. And then we have this guy. You know, which is they're giving him a ton of screen time. You know, so I'm guessing he probably knows somebody. You know, and I was like, wow, they're giving all the story here to this guy. <laughs> yeah, oh no, they, yeah, I Trump is dedicated to Mayor Farnsworth. For for all intents and purposes, he's the same. You know, as the mayor in Toxic Avenger. You know, he's yeah, oh yeah, he's not it's, it's done, anywhere. Done, yeah. Is he annoying? Yes, he's an annoying character, but he's also supposed to be. So, yes. was he? Did he do his job well? I, I believe this guy actually did. He's probably the reason why he got as much screen time as he did in this movie is because out of the entire cast, he's probably the best actor, and that mm-hmm. yeah, not that's not saying saying much. something. That is not saying <laughs> yeah. a whole lot at all. No. no. And it's like, and that was the thing is, like, the Aussies that he had, I enjoyed him. You know, what, he, like, you know, I did enjoy his moments. But again, like the ghoul said, though, it's like, ah, enjoying it because this was, like, the only acting I actually got to see in this entire fucking movie. Because everything else was just, like, the rest of the film, <laughs> acting wise was just bad porn acting throughout the entire film. Didn't matter where it was. It, all of it was just bad porn acting. Yeah, and and after we're introduced to the Mayor Farnsworth, then we get a couple more deaths. We get uh, AJ Kong uh, walking through the woods, and she's just excited, texting people, and she eventually gets killed by Peter Cottonhell, and she goes, hashtag YOLO. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Mm. That's fun. <laughs> the fact that she gets killed that yeah, way. Just enough time like to get the, that last Mr. Valve, those famous last words. Hashtag YOLO. And I just, I love the rock climber oh. death because it's such a small fucking thing to climb. And it looks like she's trying to fucking climb Mount Everest. Yes! Thank like, you. You know, yes. I'm climbing. <laughs> uh, I'm climbing up. Yeah, I'm going to do it. And then Peter yeah. Cottonhill shows up and kills her real quick. I was like, that's fine. Yeah. I could climb we, that we, thing. We, and I'm fat. We we have all this prep work with the equipment and all that kind of stuff, and it's just sitting there and show her nipples through the shirt and all that kind of stuff, and I was like, oh, it's a 15-foot face. Really? Holy <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. shit. And, like, you know, like, here, yeah. yeah, it's like me, me who's actually done the repelling and stuff like that, and I was like, wait, what, that's, that's it? 
I, I was because I was expecting like the face to be much much bigger, but then when she's actually on it, I was like, oh fuck you. <laughs> yeah, and you know, reporters start showing up in the town, and they're starting to question Mayor Farnsworth about what's going on, and he tells them, oh, you know, it's nothing. It's like it's it's wild animals, but also also the fucking Amish guys. Like the fucking Amish Dude. are fucking terrible. And they're like they're fucking out there, and like that's what we should be looking into. The the the, the thing is going to go on. We're going to have our Easter weekend. Don't worry, guys. Fuck the Amish, though, right? Yeah, yeah. Fuck them, and they're evil fucking tools. Yeah, you know their tools go around killing people. So we you know what we need to do. We need to make safety tools. That's what we got to do. And <laughs> if you <laughs> come to us. We can sell you our version of safety tools at 20% off right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about that. So we're going to be fine. I'll sell you those tools half price. You know, and, and meanwhile, we have Doug trying to train Brenda, saying that he couldn't become a cop because he's afraid of loud noises. And it's like, oh, that's great. So uh, during the training, Roger, one of the dog catchers, gets killed by Peter Cottonhell. He apparently is a huge fan of hockey, so Edmonton will rise <laughs> as he dies in a, in a, in a soccer goal. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody's devastated that Roger died, crying by the locker. And meanwhile, Hector is flirting with Brenda, this devastating dog, because he's like, I, that's the girl I wanted, so this is kind of fucked up. Um, so they head out to where Roger died. Brenda and Doug decide to separate. Brenda puts on some headphones, reads some poetry. Peter Cottonhill shows up and burps up a leg. And she runs away, knocking out Doug, stealing his fucking car. Go, fuck you, and just running away. He's like, but I love you. I love you. I'm like, no, stop it. Stop <laughs> it, sir. <laughs> That's how you get locked up. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Well, that and driving a Saturn. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the reporters once again return talking to Mayor Farnsworth about what's going on. And, again, he still continues to accuse the Amish that it could be some wild animals. And they're like, yeah, but what about that fucking big thing that's in the woods? And he's like, oh, that? Yeah, well, that's fucked up. And it's an egg that's like has jelly around the middle of it. And I think that it's supposed to be blood, but it looks like fucking just jam jelly. And I was like, okay. It's yeah. He's like, yeah, that's kind of fucked up. But, yeah, it's something else. I don't know what it is. He's like, it's fine. Like I think it's probably something. And he's like, no, it's fine. <laughs> we'll take care of it. I'll have two of my guys go out there who get immediately killed when they try to take care of the egg, who just bitch about being a part of a Mary Farnsworth team, how they're not getting paid. <laughs> um, but I love when the, the, the reporters come back and they're asking questions about the attacks, and he insists, again, uh, it was done by farm tools. And he's like, but, guys, I've made farm tools safer. I have a bubble-wrapped hammer. I mean, look at this. It's going to be great. I have a whipped cream sander, and I have a wrench made out of jello. Like, this is fucking great, guys. Like, I'm safe. <laughs> I made safe tools, and you could buy all these on the website. You can buy all these at the store. And, yeah, did you see how I put that whipped cream on the water's face? Nice. Oh, man, and they, like, they tried to set up the fucking whipped cream joke, and, like, it was just a giant fucking fail. I was just like, wow, that's what you guys came up with? That that was your three students joke is the whipped cream sander, really? <laughs> I was like, wow, <laughs> mm, it's so, genius, man! It's so funny, yeah, it's so, so funny. 
So, Hector, <laughs> the dog catcher of the year decides to go out to the woods to find out about these rats or about these rabid dogs that are in the woods. Eventually, once he relaxes on a little rock, Hector is killed by Peter Cottonell. He gets no! the trophy jammed into his chest, and he is just cut in half by Peter Cottonell. <clears throat> Doug decides this is the perfect time to console Brenda, but he's wearing Terry Funk tights and a huge bulge when he confronts her, and he's like, it's okay. It's going to be okay. And a minute. And, and a minute. Those off fucking tights. Comfort is important. Throughout the course of watching this film, there were like a handful of times that Samantha came walking into the room. Um, you know, most of the time she saw the movie and was like, yeah, this just looks fucking horrible, so I'm going to walk on out. But that was one of the few things that she saw and, like, actually had to do a double take and really started laughing because those pants were fucking hideous. And it made, like, zero <laughs> yeah, sense. Yeah, no. Zero sense. And I want the boss telling him never wear those pants. Because, uh, like, yes, just never do it. Those Terry Funk red and black striped wrestling tights that he said to wear with the huge bulge. Where even Brenda's like, hmm, all right. <laughs> but believe me, it's not a real bulge. Put socks down it. You know, we've seen it before. You know, it's not really that. Um, so through the woods, Doug goes to investigate further into what's happening, and he finds a bunch of ripped-up mail in the woods, and he eventually comes across Peter Cottonhell after he's devouring a mailman, you know, and you see his legs, you know, coming out of Peter Cottonhell's mouth. And then, again, we get the, oh, no, God, guys, there's a rat. I'm like, all right, we get it. But the up-close shots of Doug running through the town, I'm like, all right, we get it. Yeah. There's so many of them going, you got, you got to believe me. you got to believe me. Guys. Yeah, L- low-budget version of the Leonardo DiCaprio shots from the island. It's pretty much what it was. <laughs> so he uh, runs into a preacher talking about the end of days, and then a meter didn't kill the dinosaurs. They all turned gay. Said, well, that's actually pretty accurate to what a Catholic preacher would probably tell people. Yeah, so I give him credit for that. Uh, Doug tries to warn them and gets them to scatter by telling them there's two men kissing. So he runs through the town screaming until he connects back to the preacher and his followers and is knocked out and put into a psychiatric hospital. You know, on orders by the mayor saying, we captured him. Doug Williams is captured. Everything is fine. We're going to have the the whole weekend. Everything is going to be awesome. There's just, we're going to be great. And meanwhile, Doug is locked up, hey, screaming at everybody, stop it! And, uh, and a weird-ass shack with, like, a fucking, you know, wrought iron <laughs> bars in there. It's like, it's, uh, you know, the the bars are fucking rebar, and it looks like a fucking sweat shack. Sweat shack. And I'm like, what the hell? You know, what's, you know what's even really weird with this, too? When the fucking guy said that, like, you know, we have Doug, whatever the fuck his name is, Doug Williams, yeah. I didn't even know who I didn't even know who the fuck they were talking about. Like, I was doing, like that, that's how that's how like detached I was from this fucking movie. Like I didn't even put two and two together until they went back to the character oh. being like in and I was like, Oh yeah, Doug. That's who they're fucking talking about. Oh my god, I love that. I fucking love that. The main character. <laughs> <laughs> the main character of the movie. Who the fuck is Doug? Yeah, <laughs> no, I, was like, oh, 
I was like, oh, they, and literally the exact fucking like thing going through my head at that point. I was like, oh, they must have gotten some patsy that they arrested and they didn't show it. <laughs> Meanwhile, you had that entire chase sequence, and I were, I forgot completely that they tackled him at the end. Like, I it just for whatever reason it did not register in my fucking head. Same here, man. Well, yeah, because he was doing a lot of weird <laughs> running through the town, waving his arms around. Everybody go in your homes and go and rabbit out. Like, so, yeah, he was doing a lot of yeah, running and a lot of screaming. But, 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 but then they had the whole thing, of, though, of, okay, you know, as he's warning people, and he's like, uh, you know, he actually gets someone's attention, you know, because he's banging on their fucking door, and he's like, oh, well, did you get a picture of it? And he's like, well, uh, <laughs> no. And he's like, well, funny how now everyone's got fucking, here. you know. No, and he put that the dude in the house is like, funny how, you know, everyone's got fucking, you know, cameras on their fucking phones, and all of a sudden Bigfoot fucking disappears, and no one sees that motherfucker anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, oh, man, I had a laugh at that one. I got to admit, I did have a laugh at that moment. Um, so the the Easter parade takes, oh, wait, again, a fucking Easter weekend parade. I was like, who fucking does this? <laughs> I've never heard of a town anywhere that's like a weekend. Dedicated to Easter. Ticket and off. Three-day weekend. Does it happen? No. Like, there's nobody dressed up like a bunny. Like, there's, like, kind of Easter egg hunts happening around the town. And it's like, I guess you could say that they're hunting for Easter eggs. But we have Doug screaming from his cell that's close enough to the town. Where one of the girls like, oh, I don't want to die. Mayor Farms was like, no. <laughs> no, it's fine. You're not going to die. That guy's just crazy. We're, you know, don't, don't worry about it. You're going to be fine. So Brenda arrives at the parade and walking through, just kind of unhappy and just being Brenda. She eventually sees Peter Cottonell and then just starts <gasps> screaming about it. So everybody freaks out. And then I love the extras because watch the extras because, again, horrible fucking acting where they're just standing in one place and waving their arms around and then walking yes. right, very slow. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Again. Like, oh, okay. He was, yeah. Th- th- yeah. Thank you, Aunt Mildred, for showing up. Uh, I love the energy. You were awesome. Yes, I will take you to get you some Krispy Kreme after this is done. Yes, I promise I'll get you oh, some Krispy Kreme. Oh, I Krispy Kreme. No way. <laughs> yes. All because there was an extra in this movie. I get Krispy Kreme. That's awesome. That's, it's so great. Um, so while all this is happening, Mayor Farnsworth decides that he's going to pause and go, "Oh my God, this is crazy, man." Hey, man. And then he gets stomped by Peter Cottonhell, but his bloody remains are a bloody peace sign. <laughs> okay. We got it. That's fine. So <laughs> funny. That's a... Get it? Get it? Because he was kind of hippie-ish? This is Oh. And in the end, man, when hippies get in charge, they just become part of the system. He was just another fucking right, dirty man. politician, man. Oh, dude, man, that is so deep, man. <laughs> so it's deep. Like, so, it's so real. It's so real. Like you, you're talking truth, man. I get it. I totally get it. I feel it. As people I, get I trampled and torn apart. I feel it. it. <laughs> I feel it in my loins. I feel it. I feel what you're, I feel what you're putting down, man. <laughs> so, you know what time out, Runs home and decides to interrupt <laughs> her mom and dad, who are having just a lot of fun weird sex, where her mom I, is dressed I, up in a raincoat and her dad is trying to get a piece of bacon that she has on a fishing pole. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no, I was more traumatized by that than the fucking rabbit. 
<laughs> if, Again, if, if, if I came home just, uh, and saw that, yeah, it's, I'm sorry. I'd be more traumatized by that than the rabbit. I'd be like, you know what? My, my eyes broke. <laughs> I'm going to check myself into a mental health facility. <laughs> Again, if they had pushed this a little bit further, then, yes, I would have enjoyed this like part because he he has, for some reason, a hole cut in the back of his pajamas that he's wearing, and I was expecting <laughs> yeah. the half to be cut out. You know, but for some reason, it's attached <laughs> yeah. on his back. You know, I was expecting yep. Yep. it to be, you know, the ass cut out, and then the dad was going to be showing his ass. He was a piggy. Right. He was a little piggy, <laughs> piggy, piggy, piggy. So, which does kind of make it a little a little disturbing over the fact yeah. that he's a piggy who's looking for ba- bacon and sausage, which means he's a cannibalistic <laughs> piggy. Yeah, but, but he has no problem like, with okay. this. But, but then she's like, okay, Dad, I need to sit there and go, you know, I need the gun lock. And he's like, well, you know what room it is, okay? And then they sit there and pan, you know, they're going to that the personal locker of this house. And they're panning across an actual gun shop because the price tags are still hanging on the fucking gun. Yep. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. No. Oh, wow. Yeah. You oh you didn't oh no I totally dude I yeah monkey I, didn't get I that. totally caught that I was like no shit they probably like made an illegal run through like a fucking a gun shop real quick and they were like all right listen we're gonna just have the camera to the side just walk really fucking fast we're gonna scan a bunch <laughs> of shit and, and that's that we're gonna fucking get this shot we're gonna get the fuck out of here. Um, and yeah, but yeah, sure enough, there were fucking sales tags all over those fucking things. Yeah, I, every I gun had a fucking sales tag on it. Because I was like, this is yeah. nothing like, a, this is nothing like my dad's <laughs> locker at his house. You know, nothing has fucking yeah. price tags on it. <laughs> and then of all uh, yeah, the wow. badass shit they shows, you know, she chooses the one shotgun. Out of all the bad, the bad shit they showed, she's like, well, yeah, all I need is a shotgun. Sometimes a shotgun is the only thing you need for that extreme protection. A fucking <laughs> plastic-looking, fake fucking Enertech, the look, the feel, the sound, oh, yeah. so real fucking the type most of fucking shotgun, shotgun, man. <laughs> yeah, no fucking AK-47 where you absolutely need to kill every motherfucker in the motherfucking room. <laughs> nope. No, no, she <laughs> picks the one fake-looking shotgun, and she picks out a, a carry costume. And then run to the psychiatric hospital after the police chief is killed by Peter Cottonhill to break uh, Doug out. And she's like, all right, I've come to save you. You know, we got to end this. And he's like, all right, I know what I have to do. She's like, yeah, put this, on put this carry costume on first because I have ideas. Whatever you say, babe. <laughs> and he puts on the orange jumpsuit and the little weird, you know, hat. And he's going to go and run through the streets as Peter Cottonhill is just tearing up the town. That weird fucking hop that does <laughs> when it's hopping the bad, bad fucking puppet. down. Yeah, you know. So she event- Brenda eventually decides to go onto the rooftop and she's gonna scope out the situation. You know, see oh, how she yeah. can get a good vantage point to to take on Peter Cottonhill. Like you know, so I got the bait. I know what I have to do. I'm gonna go up to the rooftop. So I'm just gonna wait with my shotgun and just wait for everything to just come to me because I have to be the one to end this. That's what we see. Doug running through, being chased by Peter Cottonhill. You know, and she's like, this is it. You know, I got it. So once Peter Cottonhill is in sight, we cut back to Doug, who comes across his boss, who has had his feet bitten off. And Doug's like, oh, my God, there's nothing I can do for you. He's like, no, seriously, call the hospital. Call 911. Call an ambulance. 
Like, I, I need help. Like, please. He's like, oh, you're not, you're not going to live. You're not going to make it. No, seriously, mm-hmm. I will. Just call the police. He's like, no, I'm going to put you out of your misery. Yeah, and he grabs a two-by-four and beats his boss's face in, and then quickly mourns him afterwards. <laughs> what? Okay. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. he, but, been, he just had to keep it off. He could have lived. Uh, yeah, but... It, it, yeah, well, but, I think the idea again, here you know, is to make this character, like, you know, like, if there was, if you had any idea in your mind that this character was going to be, like, a redeemable hero, like, this right. kind of makes it where it's not going to fucking happen. You're like, all right, you know what, no. yep, the kid no is just a fucking asshole. So, uh, yeah, he, he, he mourns his boss, runs through, Brenda's ready to go, she sees Doug run past, Peter Cottonhell in chase. Cocks that gun, pa-pow, pa-pow, pa-pow. Somehow, that shotgun manages to take down this 50-foot cannibalistic killer rabbit, and it's dead. I'm like, huh? In just a okay. couple shots. <laughs> 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 I was like, that's it? Like, you don't need a bazooka. You don't need a whole helicopter. No, just a couple rounds from a shotgun puts this Peter Cotton health down for good. And, of course... Doug trying to take over as the hero, putting his foot on, you know, Peter Cottonell's head. Hey, uh, baby, what's it like to <laughs> want to go out with a hero? She's like, I'm still not going out with you. And I also thought you were gay. He's like, that again? Ha, ha, ha. But then the movie cuts to Brenda going, hmm, I wonder how a rabbit got so big. And then they <gasps> uh, look at the camera bum, bum, bum. and tilt their head and question is, as the fucking credits roll, we get them looking at the camera going, hmm, hmm, hmm. It's the same what, shot what, what again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. it's, it's just part of, again, it's, it's humor. It's so funny. So funny. <laughs> it's just, it's humor, and it's like, again, I get it. You know, you make a movie that's bad. You know, you want to put that humor in there. Like the Dean had said earlier about trauma. I fucking love trauma movies, but this is, like, below trauma. Like, this is, like, even Lloyd Kaufman, like, what the fuck? Like, I made Toxic <laughs> Avengers, like, you know? And this is the best you could come up with with Peter Cottonhell? Like, please. Like, and I'm not a huge fan of all trauma movies, but come on. Like, I would much rather watch uh, Kabuki Man or Toxic Avenger over <laughs> Beast or Day, which tries to be just so funny, and it's not. It just, it just... It's humor that just misses every fucking chance it gets. Conceptually, yeah, this agreed. could have probably been a fun movie, but yeah. they just mm-hmm. never That's had it. the balls to, to to go anywhere with it. You know, they they yeah. they could have used this to make a, a satire of you mm-hmm. know religious principles. They could have used this to to make a satire of just American fucking capitalism. In, in every way uh, that, like, you know, how we kind of see Easter these days, you know, where it's all about fucking selling baskets and, and commercials yeah. that tell you yeah. that Cadbury's fucking Easter eggs and Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Easter eggs are both equally the same now. Um, yep, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, like, like there were so many ways they could have gone with this that they just were not intelligent enough to do. So, agreed. This is what yeah, it is. And- it's a case of a movie that has a badass cover and a bad movie inside. Just like the monkey. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the poster is pretty fucking cool. 
and the movie just isn't that. You know, it's one of those things where you're taking your chance at the video store. That box cover, pretty tits. And then you oh, take it God, yes, go, it is. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did I spend my $2 on? No, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> anyway, with that it's like, being it's said. A, it's like uh, leaving the bar at 3 with a 10 and then waking up at 10 with a 3. <laughs> I mean, if you wake up with two threes, I think you kind of won. I mean, because it's like two. So, I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> two is better than one. You get two threes, that's a six. So you're halfway there <laughs> to a 10. <laughs> but uh, I digress. Hey, listen, uh, anyway, uh, in somebody's eyes, a one can easily be a 10, man. It's all fucking perspective. I mean, you can always flip them around. You don't have to look them in the face. I mean, there's always that. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, you don't. <laughs> there's options. You know, don't be you know, don't be afraid to settle at the end of the night. You know, not a lot of options <laughs> left. It's two o'clock in the morning. I gotta go home. Morning. Don't be afraid to settle because that check might be the best you've ever had. You don't know. But I agree. Anyway, Dean, next week is your pick. What do you have for us? Oh, Dean. So. So you know, after after uh, this week's film i just i feel compelled to stay uh you know hopefully on the same path so uh next oh, week's film <laughs> next week's film is gonna take us back to 2015 uh Brand. you will all be able to watch this film uh on tubi and uh you know with all of the talk just now about uh breasts we are going to be watching 2015's Killer Rack. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So it has to do with boobs. All right, so that's fun. All right. Wow. Man, now it's fucking... It's like, wow, ghoul. It's like, man, you fucking raised the bar. And now Dean's like, fuck, this is their, oh, my fucking game now. <laughs> Aaron brought fucking I mean, you know what? Be, you brought beats today to the game. And <laughs> I will say Killer Rock in 2015 has Wood Kaufman in the fucking movie. So I'm at least looking forward to that. Because that's... Killer that, Rack. It, it, it's about boobs and a diabolical plan to take over the world. Wood Kaufman plays Dr. Fish. So, hey, listen... Also, Lordy's in this pick, so I'm happy. <laughs> we will be talking about. We will see if you are happy next week. I'm always happy. Oh. I'm always happy oh. when we do this show. Whether the movie's good or bad, I'm always happy. Plus, so, he's already seen this movie <laughs> twice. So, anyway, Dean, thank you so much for coming on to this episode to talk about Beaster Day. Here comes Peter Cottontail, and we'll see you back here next week. For your pick, my, Killer my, Rack. My esteemed pleasure. All right. And with that being said, go ahead, Monkey, and sign yourself off. Oh, as always, Benny, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror and letting us come in your ear. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thank you so much for your return and for the pick of Beaster Day. What an interesting conversation. I love it. You're 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 very welcome. And again, you know, let's hear it for the band, Black Defendants, everybody. (laughs) Thanks, Gad. Yeah, thanks, Gad.
And as for me, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, saying thank you so much for listening to this episode of Beaster Day. We'll see you back here next week for Killer Rack from 2015. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. And we'll see you back here next week. Good night, everybody. It's titties.